Hello, I'm Paddy Billington, and welcome to episode 16 of the Visit Scarborough podcast. Coming up this episode, we're on the beach, speaking to Little Rascal's Donkey Rides, and asking you if it's something you enjoyed as a child. We also speak to David from Southcliff Gardens Group. Work starts this week on transforming the gardens to their former glory. Also, I speak to Heather, organiser of Books by the Beach, the actual in-person festival happening in June with big names like Jeremy Vine and Frank Gardner coming along. And our second walk in Talking Walking is a lovely walk from Holbeck Car Park along the whole of the Esplanade and back along the seafront past the Spa. That, and we'll have the latest tourism news as well. A massive welcome to episode 16. And thank you, as always, for subscribing to and listening to the Visit Scarborough podcast. Our latest iTunes review comes from someone who goes by the name of MOATD99. It's a five-star review. Thank you very much. The title is This Is Fantastic, and it reads as follows. Thank you, Paddy, for creating the podcast. I lived in Scarborough from age 18 when I arrived to study English at the Scarborough Campus University and stayed until last summer, the last 20 years. We still consider Scarborough to be our second home, and it's awesome to know that Scarborough is being celebrated this way. And this is giving us more reasons to return to visit such a special place after lockdown eases. Well, thank you so much. That really does mean everything. And if you do get the opportunity to review the Visit Scarborough podcast and rate it, that really helps get it out there. So thank you. Right, we'll start this bumper edition of the Visit Scarborough podcast on the beach, the South Bay Beach in Scarborough, and a chat with someone who's run donkey rides on the beach for a very, very long time. Right, so I'm on the South Bay Beach in Scarborough, lovely sound of the sea in the background. Beautiful day, actually, and I'm with Little Rascals Donkey Rides. How long have you been doing the donkey rides here on the beach? Forever forever okay <laughs> too many years to count okay yes. how many have you got um we have about 30 donkeys all together yeah they're not all working some of them are retired and we just can't part with them some of them are still out at their winter homes from before the last lockdown last march um so we're just getting ready for the season yes uh, and how is it going so far because obviously you won't have been back on the beach too long will you uh, since lockdown ended no, just a couple of weeks so far, and it's been quiet. Yeah, last weekend was very busy. Um, we still had West Yorkshire on holiday last week. It's very quiet this week, but we have got the Bank Holiday Monday coming up. Of so. course, yeah, yeah. And I suppose this is an ideal activity, isn't it, for people coming out of lockdown, able to get out and about, you know, with attractions uh, being back open as well. It's outdoors. There's so much space here on the beach as well, isn't there? Absolutely. You couldn't be in a better, healthier place. You've got the best air conditioning system right there. It's called the North Sea. <laughs> you yeah. couldn't be in a healthier place. We were built as a tourism resort on the air and water quality. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, say no more. Um, and these donkeys, what are they called, these ones? Um, today we've got Patch, Dougal, Brandy and Bonnie. All right. And when it comes to naming them then, how easy a task is that? Um, most of the time, when we buy them, they've already got names um, because every animal has to have a passport. So, But if we do have any babies, um, generally the names through watching them, watching them, we've got one called Houdini. I'll give you three guesses as to why he's called Houdini. Yes, yes. Yeah. Bit of an escape artist. Yes, then. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Great, great. And I, I imagine you'll have uh, families coming where, you know, parents and even grandparents will be uh, bringing their their children and grandchildren along, saying, "This is what I did in Scarborough when I was a kid," 
And now they're enjoying it themselves. Absolutely. If I had a pound for every time somebody said we did this when we were kids, I'd never have to work again. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. And good luck for the season. Thank you, my love. We're going to need it. <laughs> Interesting words at the end there. Thank you, my love. We are going to need it. Now, on our social media pages, we've been asking this question. Did you enjoy donkey riding Scarborough as a child? And what else did you do when visiting decades ago? Let's read some of your comments. Judy Cherry says, Me and my sister used to enjoy going on the swing boats when we were young. Amanda Shelbourne says, Raymond and I enjoy going to Scarborough Castle these days, seeing the beautiful view of Scarborough. But when I was a little girl, I went on the donkey rides every single day when visiting Scarborough. Wow. Hayley Shaw enjoyed watching the naval battle at Pizone Park, getting drenched on the water chute. We used to watch It's a Knockout at Norstead Manor Gardens. I remember a huge thunderstorm one night and we literally paddled back up to Queen's Parade. And of course, the beautiful outdoor swimming pool of the North Bay. Such happy times. Absolutely. Thank you, Hayley, for that. Joanne Stanley says, yes, I always rode Jesse the donkey in the North Bay. My granddaughters now are loving the donkeys in the South Bay. In fact, I think we could have bought a donkey with the number of times they've had a ride. My favourite thing when visiting when I was a little girl was walking down the Glen to go to the tree walk on the island of Pizome when it was dark. So thrilling. If I ever win the lottery, I'm going to reinstate those illuminated uh, features. You know what, Joanne? I'm with you on that. It's probably the one attraction I would love to see back in Scarborough more than any other. We'll do some more of your comments very, very soon. Uh, Did you go on a donkey ride as a child? And what else did you do when you visited Scarborough decades ago? Right now... Let's welcome yet another guest to the Visit Scarborough podcast in episode 16. Uh, This is Heather, organiser of the brilliant Books by the Beach Festival. And it's happening for real in June this year. And there's some really well-known people coming along as well. So, Heather, great to have you on. Tell us more. I'm delighted to actually be able to bring an in-person festival back to Scarborough um, after a very difficult year for all of us, actually. It's going to be held on the 12th and the 13th of June, and um, tickets are available already at sjt.uk.com online. Um, But, as I say, the uh, events are all visiting authors in person. I'm very excited um, that we have the one of the UK's best-known broadcasters, Jeremy Vine, as our headliner on Saturday evening um, on the 12th of June. And I'm um, particularly also looking forward to meeting uh, Frank Gardner, the BBC's security correspondent. And, of course, now he writes uh, chart-topping thrillers. Um, and he'll be talking about his new one, Outbreak, on the 12th of June. Um, I am actually very pleased to have put on a variety of different events this year, something for everybody, I'm sure. So I'm delighted to to welcome David Atherton, um, the British Bake Off winner. Um, He's actually a local lad. He comes from just outside uh, Whitby, and he's got a new book out called Good to Eat, and he does a lot of overseas travel as a healthcare professional, and this has influenced his cooking, um, but also his Yorkshire upbringing. Uh, so I'm looking forward to tasting his um, boozy bacon tart, I think is one of his uh, Yorkshire favourites, and also, um, well, actually, no, that's Peak District, isn't it, bacon tart? But his Yorkshire parking, uh, having, having a go at that myself. I'm very interested to meet Julian Norton, of course, the Yorkshire vet, and some great uh, female novelists. We've got Sally Vickers, Claire Chambers, who have both got new books out 
Claire Chambers. Um, this is her first work of fiction in 10 years, and it's been a BBC Two Between the Covers pick and also um, a BBC Four um, book at bedtime. And Rowan Coleman, um, who is writing in the name of Bella Ellis, that's a Bronte-inspired pen name, She's coming to talk at St. Mary's Church on the 12th of June at 1 o'clock. Of course, it's the perfect setting for anything Bronte because that's right next door to Anne Bronte's grave. What a brilliant lineup. Thank you. Those sort of names. I mean, that really does give the festival some clout. It helps put Scarborough on the map as well when it comes to books. And I imagine it's popular with locals and tourists alike. Yes, absolutely. It's about 65% local audience uh, and about 35 uh, from afar. Um, I do know that people are still going to visit Scarborough because, of course, from the 17th of May, things, um, are everything crossed, fingers crossed, will be opened up. And, of course, people are coming to Scarborough and it's good for the tourism. Uh, they'll use the local shops and restaurants, which will be open then. And, of course, we can already, uh, you know, have a drink and cafe, coffees outside at the moment anyway but things will have opened up again and it's also good for local businesses and i do uh, employ local designers uh, web designer and graphic designer and of course local print uh, firms and um, you know i try to keep um, the business within the town and it just as you say it just keeps scarborough on the festival map yeah. Uh, and I'm just delighted that so many uh, authors have agreed to come along. Um, you know, we've really got to thank them for that. And I just hope that people will support me and buy the tickets because obviously, <laughs> um, you know, last year was a disaster really for everybody that we had to cancel everything. So I'm just hoping that people will come back and buy the tickets and support myself, the festival and the authors that are uh, travelling to see us here. Good luck with it. And, and if people do want to get tickets and find out exactly who's on where and what's going on, uh, just give us that, that address that people need to go to to get your tickets? Yes, certainly. Get the tickets from sjt.uk.com and also the full lineup is at booksbytheBeach.co.uk, and you can click on the author photo and there's a link at the side of them and that takes you straight through again to the sjt.uk.com. Um, and the, uh, the YMCA actually have their box office physically open for the Horatio Clare event. Um, that's a memoir called Heavy Light and that's very topical. It's about personal exploration um, of breakdown and recovery and healing. And um, Horatio is a wonderful award-winning writer and it's told with warmth and wit, his, his memoir. And you can go on Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturday afternoons physically to the box office there at the YMCA and pick up tickets as well as online. Great. Good luck with it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Paddy. Take care. That was Heather French, organiser of Books by the Beach. It's happening in the middle of June, an actual in-person festival back in Scarborough. Wonderful. Now back to your comments on what you used to enjoy doing in Scarborough when visiting decades ago, including, of course, the donkey rides. Well, Steve Evans says, riding the train down to the rides and amusements at Scorby Mills, sneaking into Marineland and then marvels by climbing up the cliff then nipping over the wall. Steve, you know what you think. But my most abiding memory as a smaller kid was getting on the 101 bus at Corner Cafe and riding to the Mir to sail on the Hispaniola and search for buried treasure. The buses were always old double-deckers with conductors and it reminded me of on the buses. What great memories. Thank you, Steve. Val Joan Tox says, We came to Scarborough every year with our two children when they were young. Loved the open-top bus and crazy golf, also the naval battle. 
Lisa Crowcroft says, I remember sitting on the beach with mum, dad, sister, granddad, great uncle and cousins, granddad and great uncle with knotted handkerchief on their heads. Absolutely love this place then and more so now. P-Zone, The Mere, Donkey Rides and Oliver's Mount as well. Margaret Bell says, I remember riding Jenny the donkey. Was never far enough. My husband remembers back in the day the paddle boats at the north side. Happy memories. Rebecca Jackson used to see lots of theatre shows when visiting Scarborough. I remember getting all dressed up for them. Antonia McGregor says, Atlantis, the best summer memories of my childhood. Of course, the water park. Ian Richardson remembers getting sunburned uh, as a a youngster. And Dawn Whittaker says, stroking the dolphin at the zoo and watching the chimps tea party and penguin parade. Also visits to the Futurist. That inspired my enduring uh, love of live theatre. Then there was the naval battles at Pizzo. Lots of other things as well. Some wonderful memories. It's amazing to think that there used to be dolphins in Scarborough. This was at Marineland, which is just behind where the Scarborough Open Air Theatre is. Not allowed to have dolphins in captivity in the UK anymore, but certainly until I think the 1980s, that was a big attraction in Scarborough. Well, thank you for all the comments. More very, very soon. Also coming up, latest tourism news. But first, it is time for my second walk in our Talking Walking series. So last week, it was a walk from North Bay up the Castle Headland and down to South Bay and back around Marine Drive, just 1.75 miles in length. This one is not much longer, two and a half miles. And again, you see lots and lots and lots. Starts at the Holbeck Car Park on South Cliff, takes in the entire Esplanade and gardens like the Shuttleworth Gardens, the Italian Gardens and Rose Garden, all the way to the Spa Bridge and then back along the seafront past the Spa and Clock Cafe. It's a lovely sunny afternoon here in Scarborough, a bit breezy, the wind blowing in off the sea. I went out earlier and recorded this. From the car park, we follow the road round to the junction. Do have a look at the sign which explains what happened when the Holbeck Hall Hotel fell into the sea in June 1993. You may remember that. So we're turning right at the junction onto Holbeck Hill and right again onto Esplanade Crescent. And just before we get to the famous clock tower, we're turning left into Shuttleworth Gardens. Have a good wander around there. If you've got young children, make sure they check out the fairy garden and make sure they write a letter and post it in the letterbox and if you leave an address you will get a reply from the fairies once we come back out of Shuttleworth Gardens we're crossing the road back onto the Esplanade again and we're going to walk underneath the clock tower we've got the Dairydale ice cream van here we've also got a yay coffee van serving takeaway coffees we're going to walk under the clock tower I'm going to turn right now this takes us between the beautiful flower beds at this time of year they're absolutely gorgeous with the cordyline palm trees and the flowers in lots of different colors as we get to the end of the flower beds we're going to turn left to the end of the putting green and from here we're going to follow the wheelchair sign which goes around the outside of the putting green and we're going to make our way towards the italian gardens now the italian gardens are a wonderful sheltered spot a blazing color at this time of year. Squirrels everywhere, there's people reading books, enjoying the sunshine. A great place to spend a bit of time. And at this point, we're 0.65 miles into our walk. And as we get to the end of the Italian gardens, we're gonna go up a series of paths and head into the Rose Garden. Now, Lord George Beeforth created the Rose Garden when he owned the land. The grand mansion on the other side of the Esplanade was his, and he created some really stunning gardens. There's a sign in the Rose Garden which tells you more. Now, once we get through the Rose Gardens, we're back onto the Esplanade and we're turning right. And from here, it's just postcard view after postcard view after postcard view. 
including from outside the Ambassador Hotel and the end of Prince of Wales Terrace next to the Spa Lift or the Cliff Lift, which I think is the defining view of Scarborough. It's my favourite view anywhere in Scarborough. Now, just after the Cliff Lift, we're going to turn right. I'm going to go down a zigzag as far as the next path down. So not on the Esplanade now, but the path just below. And this is going to take us past some really lovely chalets. The famous Victorian chalets, which are going to be refurbished very, very soon. Now, we're just going to follow the path down, which will take us towards the Spa Bridge. But instead of going on to the Spa Bridge, we're going to turn left down a rather wide path. And that brings us out at the bottom of Ramsdell Road. Now, from here, you get a wonderful view of the Rotunda Museum, the Grand Hotel, the Valley Gardens as well, including Wood End and the Scarborough Gallery. And, of course, you can't forget the historic Spa Bridge. There just isn't a bridge anywhere like this opened in 1827. We're going to walk under it and turn right towards Scarborough Spa. Now, this time of year, the Spa Bridge sounds more like Bempton Cliffs because we've got dozens and dozens of kittiwakes who nest here at this time of year. They do create a bit of mess. They are a protected species, though, so the noise of the mess doesn't last long. And actually, I think it's pretty nice. And at this point, we're on the seafront. I'm going to continue all the way along the sea wall until we get to the Holbeck landslip, where I'm afraid there will be a bit of a climb to end the walk. Now, if the tide is out, there's nothing actually stopping you walking along the beach at this point, although the beach does turn into rock pools before long. So just bear that in mind. Now, if the view from the end of Prince of Wales Terrace overlooking South Bay is my favourite view in Scarborough, Scarborough Spa is my favourite building. It's where my dad met my mum, and it's just totally unique. It's an absolute marvel of Victorian architecture. And, of course, home to the last full-time seaside orchestra in the country, the brilliant Scarborough Spa Orchestra. Now, as we do reach the spa, we're at 1.75 miles into the walk, and if you do fancy a bit of refreshment, you've got a couple of options here. Farrah's at Scarborough Spa itself, and the famous Clock Cafe, which is just a little further along. Sit outside and enjoy incredible views over South Bay with some food and drink. And you've got that great sound next to you as well, the sound of the sea. You can't beat it. If you don't fancy the walk up at the end, you do have the option of the cliff lift. But to do the full walk, we just keep going past the old South Bay pool site, all the way as far as the Holbeck landslip. Now here, we follow the path up, not all the way, just as far as the benches. And then what we're going to do is we're going to drop down again and then follow the path all the way around the granite rock armour. And then when we get back round to the northern end of the landslip, we're going to go up the steps directly in front and walk back to the Holbeck car park through a really lovely little valley, sheltered full of trees and flowers. And when we get to the top of that, we're going to turn left and left again, and we'll go back to where we started. And you'll find details of that walk, including a map and pictures and text guide at visitscarborough.com forward slash walks. Now time for some tourism news. The dog beach ban is back in place from this Saturday, the 1st of May, until the end of September. The beaches affected are South Bay Beach between the Lifeboat Station and the Spa Bridge and also North Bay Beach from the Chalet Cafe to the Sands Complex. It's clearly signed and at low tide there's plenty of beach to enjoy with your dog still in both North and South Bay. 
Scarborough's Park Orchestra have announced details of their 2021 summer season. Subject to the government's restrictions being lifted in June as currently planned, the last professional seaside orchestra in the country will begin their season from Monday the 12th of July until Thursday the 16th of September, performing eight concerts per week, all featuring their unique blend of popular and light classical music. Morning concerts will happen in the sunshine, hopefully, in the spa suncourts, from Sunday to Thursday, with evening concerts happening in the Grand Hall, Monday and Wednesday. More details at scarboroughspa.co.uk. And Scarborough Borough Council have backed a 10-year visitor economy strategy, identifying a number of areas which need to be addressed over the coming years to help tourism in Scarborough, including the A64, rail services and cycle paths. In it, they say park and ride schemes, good signposting, enhanced information, provision at points of entry, all essential for visitor management and a welcome. They say that the council is already in the process of adding signage, way marking and creating more visitor information through various apps. This will provide an overall sense of the destination and help to increase dwell time by signposting to additional locations for activities and places to visit. Find more on that on the Scarborough Borough Council website. And Scarborough's Southlift Gardens are finally seeing restoration work get underway this week. It's going to last a year as well. It's going to totally transform the gardens and return them to their former glory with some modern twists. Delighted to say joining me on the Visit Scarborough podcast, my third guest this episode is David Orton, the chair of the Friends of Southcliffe Gardens. You must be delighted the work is finally getting underway. Absolutely delighted. It seems like ages and ages since we were raising money successfully for for this project and to uh, with all the complications in between it's absolutely wonderful to have to know it's starting and the group are really really excited what is the timeline then we've got a few more details now haven't we about what's happening first we, we have yes yeah. so we know that the the, the overall timeline is, is a 12-month timeline so by the end of next spring uh, the work should be completed um, and the, there are five phases through it, and I'm not completely sure about the, the structure of the five phases, but we're starting off with work being done on the what is now the gardener's hut near to the Rose Garden, and that's going to come down in a new uh, building, which has been named after a competition called Beefworth's Hive, um, and um, that's going to be a gardener's centre, but it's also going to have a community centre in there as well, where school children and other people can go in it's not massive, but it's big enough for a class of children to go. And they can learn about the gardens, the flora, the fauna, you know, all the, the history, whatever excites them. Um, and that, that's the first phase, I gather. Um, and then from there, it will move into uh, work actually on the garden, the, the shelters, 14 shelters. Um, and the, the gardens, so it's going to be the walkways, the footpaths, the, 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 all the handbars that are going down to make sure everything's safe because of the various landslips that have happened recently and, and over the years. Um, but it will make it a safe place. And more importantly, it's going to make it accessible to people who weren't able to go down before because quite simply, there were no accessible routes, buddy. And, and that's going to be another really key part of all of this. Yeah, we, we've talked about um, playground facilities as well. You know, they're coming out the... We've got some playground facilities and, and behind the clock cafe, there's going to be um, sort of a family centre where there will be um, some um, 
you know, kids' toys and or you know, kids um, areas where they where they can play and just be you know be great in 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 amongst the trees and what have you. Um, changing facilities as well, um, and um, then of course there's the, the the tunnel which has been well publicised that goes underneath the um, the the funicular, the railway that goes down to the to the beach level, um, and that will open up the north and the south areas of the garden. Um, so it's going to be a wonderful place, not just for um, uh, older people, it's going to attract younger people. And that's going to be the exciting thing from my point of view. I'm really hoping it's going to be exciting younger people as much as the older people today so that they can enjoy and have wonderful memories of the gardens as they're being transformed um, in, in the next 12 months. Yeah, yeah. And and so behind the clock cafe where you've got this new, you know, children's area um, and yes. you mentioned changing facilities, will there, will there be new toilets there then? Am I right in thinking that? Right. So my understanding is, and, and based on the, on the original plans, um, as I understand, we've got the, the gardener's hut itself will we'll have a set of toilets in there. So people who are using that facility will have a, a toilet facility. And then behind the clock cafe where there's currently a shelter, that's going to be converted into um, a, a multi-use facility for um, for families. So it can be changing facilities, facilities for younger people. I'm not sure if there's going to be shower facilities, but certainly there's going to be toilet facilities in there. Um, so it will be a very usable area. And because of the lack of toilet facilities at the moment, people tend to steer clear of the gardens or they use them inappropriately. Now... Um, there's going to be toilet facilities, and that that really, really should be uh, a, a key feature for bringing family groups into the garden. Because, of course, you know the the beach uh, in front of there has traditionally been known as Children's Corner, hasn't it? And it is a great spot for, yeah. for families, and it would be yeah. great to to make the gardens yeah. feel accessible as well. So that would be that would be great. Well, it's all exciting. I, I imagine uh, it will it will feel a little different in the next twelve months because there'll be a lot of work going on. But after the cliff restoration work near the spa, I suppose we've been used to that. And and look how amazing that's turned out so we've got lots to look forward to haven't we indeed and paddy the one thing i would say on on the point you just made is that one of the things that i've been pushing um for pbs the construction company and uh, through the borough council to do is to put signboards and notices up so that as people enter from the esplanade or from the beach end um the gardens they know which paths are open and which are closed because there will be closures during the time that the work's going on um there'll be detour routes will will be marked out so it is important that people keep their eyes out because the paths they might have known may not be open now <laughs> yeah yeah I, I suppose you you don't want to get halfway down the cliff and, and think oh, i'll have to go uh, back up again you know so it's good to <laughs> absolutely good, yes good to know. yeah great definitely. well it's really exciting you know as you know i've been a lifelong resident of the south cliff so really excited absolutely. to see the work get underway so uh, thank you for Lovely. telling us more about it all the best all right then paddy thanks so much for your time thank you that is david alton chair of the friends of south cliff gardens great great news well that is almost it for episode 16 of the visit scarborough podcast it's been our biggest yet with three guests my thank you to those for coming on my thank you also to you for getting involved in our topic this week did you go on donkey rides when you visited scarborough as a child decades ago what else did you get up to we'll do some more of your comments to round off the podcast Ian Westbury says, I enjoyed playing crazy golf on the course on the South Cliff alongside the maze, which I think is now residential flats, as well as the putting green near Holbeck Hall. Well, the putting green is still there, near the clock tower. Holbeck Hall fell in the sea, of course. 
And yes, the, the crazy golf course and the maze, sadly, are no more. Sarah Hilston has attached a photo of her on the donkeys years ago. She says, we always went to Scarborough for our holidays and it was always great fun. We enjoyed the outdoor pool and the amusements. Sandra Shaw says, I remember riding the donkeys and the owner of one lot, Colin Bishop, lived a few doors from us. When the ride was finished, he always said, stay on the sand and we got some free goes. He used to do the same when I took my kids on them years later. Caroline Armstrong remembers the chairlift to Marvel's Atlantis Water Park, open air swimming pool and a vague recollection of elephants, she says. Unless that's a really weird dream. No, I think there were elephants at the, the, the visiting circus in Scarborough, definitely. Patricia Webb, lovely walk around Marine Drive, then to Harbour Bar for a coffee. That's what we did. Jim Foster has attached a photo of a doubloon that he still has from the Hispaniola, the boat that took people to Treasure Island on the Mere. He says, I've kept it since the early 70s. That's amazing. Andrew Watson, we used to go to Scarborough in the 70s. I remember the fun house where Olympia now is. The tram from the North Bay to the Winter Gardens and the wee putting green near the bottom of it. The outdoor pool at North Bay, seeing its knockout at North Bay. The train to Scorby Mills, seeing dolphins at North Bay. Corner Cafe, the 109 bus from North Shore to South Shore. Jimmy Corrigan's Fun Fair. Jimmy Corrigan's Amusements at Bland's Cliff. The Harbour Bar, going out on wee cruises on a boat called the Coronia. The Futurist Theatre. I think there was the Royal Concert Hall on St Thomas Street. I think you mean the Royal Opera House. There used to be loads of wee fish stalls, he says, at where the lifeboat station was next to the harbour, where we'd get cockles and whelks. Also, the Rangers Club on Eastborough or Westborough. I can think of loads more. Does anyone remember any of these, says Andrew? These are great memories, thank you. And Pam Robinson says, always went to Scarborough when my kids were small. I remember my daughter riding a donkey called Scylla, and it ran off with her on its back. She was screaming. It was scary then, but really funny when I think about it now. Well, thank you so much for all your comments. There's many more on the Visit Scarborough Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Do give us a like, give us a follow, and interact on our next topic for episode 17. The Visit Scarborough podcast is an MPB production. Thanks so much for listening. If you're visiting this bank holiday weekend, remember to maintain social distancing, try and keep away from the busy spots, but do enjoy your visit back to Scarborough. It's going to be a pleasure welcoming you back. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh